At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. Hi, I'm Kristen McGlory, lifelong genius hunter. For a decade, I've been unearthing the recipes that have changed the way we cook. Now on the Genius Recipe Tapes, we go behind the scenes with the geniuses themselves. And we get to hear from you. This week, I'm talking with Talia Ho. You may know her as the blogger behind Butter and Brioche, or from her drop-dead gorgeous chocolate chip puddle cookies that will stop you in the middle of your scroll on Instagram. Or you may know her as the author of the recently released Wild Sweetness. We started the interview talking about Talia's lifelong love of nature and how it fuels her recipe development process. Wild sweetness, right? Anyways, here's Talia. Growing up in Australia, we lived in a house and we had this bush woodland kind of thing in the back. And I was always, always there. And it was dirty and it was muddy. It wasn't even a nice wood. I remember that was really formative in my childhood. Now as an adult, it's very different in a sense that I have to consciously make time to go out into nature and the wild. And, you know, life gets in the way more and more and living in the city and in an environment that isn't, you know, the same as I had it, which is very... Um, special and, and precious when I was young looking back this book I think was kind of like a coming together of both the way I was raised the adherence to the wild as a child but then growing up as an adult and having all those memories and wanting to re recapture it you know I always say like I like food that tastes like a memory a season a place a feeling and I, I want to be able to re-experience that and so that's what I really tried with all of these recipes was being able to kind of capture the essence of the wild yeah whatever I was experiencing in the outside world at the time I was writing the book became the recipes. So how do you make that happen now when you do plan to go out in nature? I book holidays. <laughs> I have to like actually like consciously make the time or there's like a really beautiful rose garden about five minutes down and I kind of like walk down there and I go and I take photographs and it kind of like stills my mind a little bit but yeah there are definitely plans that need to be made to get out into nature and I wish it wasn't like that and I think for me writing this book it was very much me trying to like take my memories of my childhood and kind of like encapsulate that and so that I'm almost like able to like taste it through the food if that makes sense in a mm -hmm. way because I was less focused on external trends food trends and what would be appealing to an audience and more about what I wanted to put out into the world and that was that was a process and a journey and 
um, it really kind of found itself in this book. I really do think I always kind of say like this book, I didn't really want to write it, but like I kind of like had to in a way, like it was always inside of me. And I spent a lot of time writing it in, away and in the wild. Like I made that conscious decision. I was like, I'm not going to sit in like my city place. I'm going to go and I'm going to like take myself out. And I was able to kind of like see things and, you know, translate what I was seeing in the world into the food and the photographs. This completely made sense to me, especially when flipping through the smoke chapter. There you will find recipes like black tahini brittle ice cream, s'mores pie, and scorched cheesecake, all inspired by the hazy, woody, heady, cozy feelings of sitting around a fire. And of course, the smell of smoke that lingers in your hair. Because I have really strong memories of, um, you know, being around the fire, like from youth. I kind of always say like, the women in my family, like we have this like palette that like borders on carcinogenic. Like we just really like burnt nasty things. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. So there's a lot of like burnt sugars. I remember my grandmother, um, when I was sick as a child, for some reason, she would like burn sugar over the stove. And that was like some sort of like, cure I, I don't understand how I don't even know how I ate it but I just remember the scent and the smoke rising from like the pan and, and watching her do it and um like I, I remember sitting around the bonfire and my hair would just like smell for like the next like three days mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so all of that all of those kind of like smoky intensity um the hair smell I use a bit of black cardamom in this book which is like cardamom, but roasted down. And it reminded me of my burnt hair. <laughs> <laughs> like things like that. As delicious as that sounds. But um, yeah, it's things like that. So as with the aforementioned chocolate puddle cookies, flowers in all of their forms, from extracts to literal petals, are hugely emblematic of Talia's work and unique style. I have always been amazed by how fluidly Talia is able to add floral elements to any and all of her recipes, so I asked her how writing the flora chapter went, and how more of us can introduce flowers into our cooking and baking without making food that tastes like perfume. For the flora chapter, do any examples come to mind where you sort of like, I know it was a tougher chapter for you to write, but where you sort of triumphed over that and, and like found some sort of connection? The floral chapter is hard because like I really could go like you could just write whole books on flowers like it's so interesting even as something is like minuscule that we forget about like vanilla is a flower it comes from you know an orchid so um, the breadth of what I could kind of um, include in that chapter I think made it really really difficult I wanted to make the flowers really accessible as well so it's not like you have to like run around and go foraging for like cherry blossoms um, which is um, difficult to do if you don't know what you're looking for and how to use them and also like seasonally wise as well like with this book I wanted to make sure that you could pick it up and bake a recipe out of it that isn't necessarily the season that you're in so you can mm -hmm. kind of like experience a bit of winter in summer and vice versa things like that hey it's Kristen. 
If you are liking this interview with Butter and Brioche blogger and Wild Sweetness author Talia Ho, be sure to check out my recent interview with Daniela Galarza, too. We talked about her recipe newsletter, the dangers of using the word exotic, and how her readers schooled her on making a basic pesto. In the second half of the episode, we will talk more with Talia about this week's genius recipe, her basil sugar pound cakes, which was inspired by something Talia spotted as she was tromping through the snow, but it had to go through a few twists and turns to reach its final genius form. Stay tuned. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beat in cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great in clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beat in cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great in clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. So... Back to that basil sugar pound cake. It started off in Talia's head, not as a cake. It started off as a granita. Because when I was in Tasmania, I was in the forest one day and I was like, I had on these like really terrible Doc Martin boots that I was like trying to work as snow boots and they weren't working. Mm -hmm. I was slipping all over the place. And I was looking at the ground and it was you know, this chapter evergreen is like, I call it like the communion between winter and spring when things are slowly starting to come to life and you're seeing signs of both. So the ground was like that sleety um, iciness, but underneath you could see like all these like really verdant bright greens coming through the ice. And I took a photo and I was like, this looks like Grenada. So I started off with this recipe. Um, all the flavors were the same. You had the basil, you had the lemon. I think I had a heap of like liquor in there as well because I didn't want it to freeze too hard and um, wasn't really working for me. The basil was kind of masking out um, in, in comparison to all the other flavors going on. So in my process then was I knew I had in my head aesthetically what I wanted it to look like. I just had to figure out how to do it. Okay, so frozen basil didn't have quite the oomph that Talia hoped it would. Where should it go instead? She had one more try to go before landing on basil in its most perfect, basiliest form in a baked good. Straight up sugar. And it ended up with this basil sugar grassy mess <laughs> like the photograph, like if you look at it, it just looks like you're like, what is that? It, it looks like Grenada. And then I kind of wanted something, you know, perfect and and simple just to carry it through. So I, I did like a simple vanilla pound cake, and then, um, but it was always about the sugar the whole time. So even mm -hmm. like in the photograph, there's no cake; it's just <laughs> sugar. So, yeah. And it really does look like crunched up snow, too. 
well I'm glad you you think that and it's not just in my head (laughs) (laughs) no I definitely see the connection and especially how it played out on the cake too that it's just kind of like resting on top hiding this buttery pound cake yeah you can kind of I think it's a very confronting thing as well because it's very green and and strange looking and you can pile it really high or just sprinkle it lightly on I leave the choice up to you in the book but um yeah I, I like the sugar I think we need to get more into this idea of finishing sugars because everyone's into like finishing salts and you can get so creative with those combinations but lately I've been playing around with like interesting sugars to finish my baking so I like this basil stuff it's subtle it's like buttery lemony vanilla it's like like those like subtle flavors are coming through but it's not like itself is a super sweet cake so it contrasts nicely also I noticed this the last time I made it it really brings out the crust um like because as you're biting like the sugar is kind of um like these little sparkles of sugar are kind of uh like filtering in with the crust so you get this fluffy inside and then the 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 great crust of a of a good pound cake that's only accentuated by the crunch of the sugar on top. Yeah, when I was um, constructing this recipe, like I had basil actually in the cake um, mm-hmm. and it was very much dying out and the delicacy was just ruined um, with heat. So I think that's why I really like doing it with the sugars because you can bring out that potency and that strength and um, let it be really what it is without you know, having it masked by, you know, fat, essentially, you know, fat mutes flavor. How did you know that after the other iterations of this recipe, like the the granita, how did you know that this was the right one that needed to go in the book? Mainly because it photographed the way I needed it to. Mm-hmm. It looked like my photograph that I took um, mm. in the wild and I kind of went, yeah, that's what I want. Like, obviously it comes down to being, I think for me personally, a cake is more delicious than Granita. I mean, there's a time and a place for both, but um, so yeah, it, it came down to the photograph, but it also like what was really, really, really yum. Mm-hmm. And it was this. And what do you like about the eating experience of the finishing sugar on the cake? It's a bit weird. I'm not going to lie. Because <laughs> it's so textured and, and granulated. And if you, you can kind of take it really clumpy or you can pull back and have more of like the basil actually look like strips of grass through it. Um, so it's, it's interesting. I, when I'm constructing a recipe, I'm generally looking at texture as one of the main things. Is it interesting enough? And um, I like visually, I really like texture. What has been the reaction to this recipe since putting it in your book? <laughs> People find it very strange. <laughs> I've received like a lot of pictures of like, obviously like readers making it and they're doing a really good job. Like it's piled high. <laughs> like no one's really <laughs> going to to um, scantily with it. But yeah, I think for people who are willing to experiment, the response has been, has been good. This recipe will make a little more basil sugar than you probably can eat on your cake, which is a very good thing. 
It keeps well in a jar in the fridge for a week, and Talia had all sorts of ideas for what to do with it. Sprinkle it on chocolate cookies, use it as a rim on an icy summer cocktail, and definitely scatter it over all sorts of fruit, from strawberries to peaches. She also mentioned tomatoes. So, with my toddler's help, we harvested a few big ones from the vines that are spilling wildly from one corner of the yard, sliced them, and showered them with the sugar. And let me tell you, it was delicious. The perfect little dessert salad, or salad dessert, all on its own, or with a thick slice of Talia's pound cake. And now, some of your favorite summer desserts that are so delicious that they are also worth turning on the oven for. Hi, this is Marion Bowl calling in from the beach in Provincetown, Massachusetts, uh, here to tell you about the beauty that is blueberry schlumpf, where you basically take a bunch of blueberries and then you take a bunch of butter and sugar and flour and put it on top of it, and then it all sort of melts together in these little, like, lagoons of topping, and it's a very good excuse to eat vanilla ice cream. Uh, I found out about it from a distant relative in Sorrento, Maine a couple of years ago, and uh, I highly recommend it. Hola, this is Dina from Chicago. I love to make apple pie. Me encanta hacer el pastel de manzana. I go apple picking with my grandkids at the end of the summer. I usually cook the apple first, add a little cornstarch to thickening the filling, season it with ground cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, and sugar. It's become a tradition now to make apple pie. Don't tell my kids, but I use a pre-made dough. My husband, George, doesn't know the difference. Don't tell them. Thanks for listening, and special thanks to Talia Ho for joining us this week. Our show is put together by Coral Lee, Amy Schuster, and Emily Hanhan. If you have a genius recipe that you found wearing your Doc Martens or your bunny slippers, I would always love to hear from you at genius at food52.com. And if you like the Genius Recipe Tapes and the Food 52 Podcast Network and you want to help us keep making it better and better, the very best thing that you can do to support us is to take a moment to leave us a rating or review or even just subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you so much. Talk to you next week.